we have a lot of work to do, especially with the younger generations coming up. If that doesn't speak to our generation, I don't know what does. People are easily swayed and convinced while everybody else is doing it. Now, how many of you guys know it's a hard job to be a communicator? On this Pentecost Sunday, I could have easily chosen a message on spirit-filled living, uh, Holy Ghost preaching, but this morning, I want to tune you in to hearing the sound of the Spirit. And I want to speak this morning on you will hear. You will hear. Uh, I asked them in the back to give me 35 minutes. They got a clock back there, a timer. And so your time starts now, if you hadn't already started it. Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 2. And I'm just going to preach what I want to preach. Is that okay? I had something else in mind, but I'm just going to preach what I want to preach. I actually preached this at a prison, and I also preached it to the men's breakfast, but with slight variations this morning. I showed up this morning a little bit after 6 and just started going through, you know, different things. But here it is, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. We'll start there, and we'll eventually make our way to Joshua chapter 9. Uh, he says, Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ... And are gathering together to him. Notice the coming of the Lord. We ask you. Notice this. We ask, ask you not to be so soon shaken. Notice this. So soon shaken. So soon shaken in mind. Or troubled. Notice this. Either by spirit or by word or by letter. Notice that the deception is by the Spirit, by word, or by letter, as if, notice that, as if it has come from us, though the day of Christ had come already. Verse 3, he says, let no one, notice that, somebody say, let no one, let no one deceive you by any means, notice that, by any means, for that day will come unless the falling away comes first, and we're there now in the great apostasy, and the man of sin, that's the Antichrist, is revealed the son of perdition. Now go to verse 4, and verse 4 tells us this man of perdition, this man of sin, at verse 4 he says, he says, who opposes and exalts himself, Above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Notice that. In other words, they take a seat and says, I'm God, worship me. And then if you go down to verse, uh, for the sake of time, verse 9, he says, the coming of the lawless one, notice who we're talking about here, is according to the workings of Satan with all power, because Satan has power, and all power doesn't mean that he's omnipowerful like God is. Um, all power, signs, notice that, and lying wonders or using deception or trickery, he says, and with all, notice that, unrighteous deception. Notice it's not deception alone. 
It's righteous deception, but unrighteous deception. It looks righteous, but it's deceiving. Among those who perish, notice this, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And notice this, and we're living this today, and for this reason, God will send them a strong delusion so that they should believe the lie. Um, I really believe that we're living in a generation that is easily duped. I was reading this, and the Bible says that in the last days, there will come a time where there will be a certain person or a spirit or a certain word or a certain letter with deception in its, in its game plan to deceive the church, to deceive those who are willing and ready to hear. Be careful with everything that you hear. One of the translations that I read, and they had it there, it says, do not be out of your wits. Do not be cut off guard and do not be out of your wits. The Bible says that he has a strategy and his strategy is to use all power, signs, and lying wonders. How many of you guys have ever seen someone that's quick with their hands? They do, they do uh, uh, tricks. It's, it's a play of hands. It's there and then it's gone. That's the way the enemy works. In that verse where he says, do not be out of your wits, he uses the word, do not be out of your minds. In the Spanish translation, for those of you guys that understand Spanish or speak Spanglish, it says, que no pierden la mente. In other words, if you're going to get away from the deception and the deceitfulness, you're going to have to have a strong mind. You're going to have to brace up, like Peter said, the loins of your minds. You're going to have to gird up the loins of your minds. In other words, you're going to have to belt the truth in your mind. And I was reading, you know, a story in the Old Testament. I won't get to it now. I'm going to save it for the end. Because we're living in a time of great deception. In 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3, he says, I fear lest somehow as the serpent, notice this, deceived Eve, notice, by his craftiness. So your minds, notice, because the battlefield is your mind, may be corrupted from the simplicity of the gospel that is in Jesus Christ. So there is an enemy uh, trying to set a snare in your mind, trying to trap you. And the Bible says that he uses uh, uh, even people that are skilled in deceit. The enemy was very skilled in deceit when he went to Eve. And the Bible says, what did he do? He quoted God's word, didn't he? He said, did God really say? Or what did God say? Well, he said, we may not eat or touch of any tree in the garden, but of the, gar of the tree that is in the center of the garden, you may not e eat of it. So notice that Satan and those who operate in deception, false religions do this too, cults do this too. They give you a lot of truth, but a little bit of deception. It don't have to be all the truth. It could be part of the truth with a little bit of lie. 
How many of you guys have ever seen a snake up close? You ever seen a split tongue? I was teaching the kids this one day. I said, you know why the enemy has a split tongue? Because in its tongue, it has, it has sensory. In other words, uh, uh, with, its, with its tongue, uh, a snake can sense how big his, his victim's going to be. I really believe that the split tongue of the enemy is one to show that he speaks two languages. He speaks truth and he also speaks lies. So out of the same mouth, out of the same tongue, he speaks lies. Well, what are you talking about? If you go to 1 Corinthians, we were just there, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. He says, but I fear, verse 3, lest somehow as the serpent, notice that, deceived Eve by his craftiness. That's what we're talking about this morning. So your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Verse 4, notice, for if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive, notice this, a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted. Notice this, you may well put up with it. Uh, one of the translations I read, it said, you happily put up with anything everybody is saying. I, or you put up with anything anybody says. Or you put up with anything being said. Oh, that sounds like gospel truth. Another Jesus. You know, the Mormons have... A Jesus. Jehovah's Witnesses preach Jesus. Churches all over the world preach Jesus. Which Jesus are you talking about? You guys ever heard of, I think I mentioned this before, Deepak Chopra talks about Middle Eastern religions and you know all this other stuff, the Shandara Handaras, all the chanting that they do to try to get close to God. They have another Jesus. They have their version of Jesus. The Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the one the Bible preaches, the one who, who was born virgin birth without sin. The sinless Jesus. The Jesus that was tempted anyway, in many ways, yet not sinful. The Jesus who is our shepherd. The Bible says, my sheep Hear my voice and they obey. Do you know the shepherd's voice? Do you, can, can you distinguish the shepherd's language? Can you distinguish the voice of Jesus? Or can you distinguish, do you have a discerning spirit to listen to what Jesus people are preaching or what gospel people are preaching? There are many Jesuses that show up in our world. The Bible says that in the later times, he says many will show up in my name. There's ministries, preachers, they preach in Jesus' name. And it sounds Christian. And they read scriptures. And they build a whole doctrine on Jesus' name. But when you examine the truth, it's not the God of the Bible. It's not the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's a lot of truth, but it's got a second part on the tongue and it's deception. So this morning, I'm trying to prepare you, to warn you, to open up your ears. Because if you 
live by what you see, and we live in a very visual generation. That's why the church has had to go technology through technology because this generation that we're growing in learns different. They learn visually. And the Bible says that the working of Satan will come with all kinds of deception. People will see it and believe it. And this morning, church, I'm saying, have you heard the voice of your shepherd? Can you tell the difference between the voice of the shepherd, the true shepherd, and the false? How many of us make decisions without ever hearing from the Lord? Well, I guess this is God. On decisions that you make for business, relationships, decisions that you make in your dealings with your children or whatever it is that that you do, have you heard the voice of God? Uh, Maybe you're planning on getting married. Nowadays, you don't know who you're marrying. You marry him and find out, wow, I didn't know that about them. So let me give you some advice. If you're going to marry him, Google him. (laughs) Yeah, you like that one. Maybe hire a private investigator. Skilled in deceit. Skilled in deceit. Notice In 2 Thessalonians, the Bible says that this antichrist or this spirit will exalt himself above everything that is called or known as God. Uh, I recently picked up a translation of the Bible. It's a paraphrase. I understand that. But this lady wrote this Bible back in the early 1900s. And she says that he vaults himself as God. Peter tells us, therefore, gourd up your loins. Of your mind, be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace of God that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now I want to go over to Joshua chapter 9 from where this whole lesson came from. And I'm almost done. It's not going to take me that long. In Joshua chapter 9, I don't have this up on the screen, so if you're a If you're not a heathen, you'll have a Bible. Say amen, somebody. All right. I got everybody mad there. But watch this. Joshua 9, verse 1. And it came to pass when all the kings who were on the side of the Jordan, go to verse 4, he says, uh, they worked, notice this, they worked craftily and went and pretended to be ambassadors. Notice that. These guys showed up. They said, we're ambassadors. And went and pretended to be ambassadors, and they took, notice this, old sacks on their donkeys, old wineskins, torn and mended, old patched sandals on their feet, and old garments on themselves, and all the bread of their provision, notice this, was dry and moldy. Then you go down to verse uh, 9, he says, So they said to him, they asked, Where do you come from? And they said, From a very, very far country. Your servants have come because of the name of the Lord. Notice that. They always come in the name of the Lord. Your God, for we have heard of his fame and all that he did in Egypt. And then verse 14 caught my attention. It says, then the men of Israel. Notice this. Here's a group of guys coming to deceive the children of Israel for peace. And the men of Israel, verse 14, took some of their provisions. Notice, but they did not 
here it is. They did not ask counsel of the Lord. Lord, is this you? Lord, is this you? Are you sending me these people or is the devil sending me these people? Are you sending me this relationship or is the devil sending me this relationship? Are you sending me this opportunity or is it man sending me this opportunity? How many of you guys are listening for for God but you may not be able to hear him because of the disguise? If there's any disguise, be aware. Watch this. And the rulers, verse 21, said to them, let them live, notice this, but let them be woodcutters and water carriers for all the congregation. The rulers had promised them. Then Joshua called for them, and he spoke to them, saying, why have you deceived us? I'd like to ask Joshua, why were you deceived? How many of you guys have ever been tricked? Or deceived, and then you're like, oh man, well, I guess I got burned. Didn't see that one coming. Here comes these people from a very far country, but the Bible says they worked craftily and were pretending to be ambassadors. Notice, they came to Joshua, and they said, we come from a very, very far country, and we want peace with you, and we've heard of all the the miracles the Lord has done for you. We've heard about you, we've heard of your fame, we've heard of your ministry, and we just want to be your neighbors, or we want to be at peace with you. Would you make a covenant? And the Bible says they showed up, and they had worn out sandals, they had holes in their jeans, they had ruined clothing, and the Bible says their provisions, their bread was moldy, and their wine was old. And the Bible says that Joshua took some of their provisions, but they did not seek counsel of the Lord. They were being deceived to make a covenant with a group of people that were nearby neighbors. They weren't ambassadors from a far country. They were being deceived. And now that they were being deceived, Joshua and everybody else, after they found out, we've been duped. They said, what do we do with them? Well, let's make them woodcutters and water carriers. Woodcutters and water carriers. What do we do with them? We can't do nothing with them. In Texas, they used to say, well, now it's, now it's your muleta. You just got to put up with them. They're here. It's your problem. You got to put up with it. They didn't offer you nothing. They're here to deceive you. They came and offered deception to you. Now you got to put up with them. And the Bible says that everybody was upset because now they had enemies from these guys and all the baggage that they brought. As I was reading this story, this just came to mind. Here's this group of people that came. They wanted to make a covenant with the children of Israel. And they said, we come from a far country. And we've heard of the Lord and we've seen all the great miracles. We've read the headlines. Look at us. We're just poor and needy people. Look at us. But they were using deception. Joshua should have known better and said, you know what? I know the Lord God didn't send you. 
Because we come from a far country too. And our God did not allow our feet to wear out. The shoes on our feet to wear out. Neither did our clothes wear out. So I know you're not sent by the Lord. Because the Lord hasn't preserved anything from you. So you're using deception. Because God blesses his people. That should have been Joshua's first sign. Hmm. You're not a people being sent to me by God. Look at you. And I understand people come to us with problems and they need help. We get them all the time. The ones that irritate me the most are the ones coming and saying, I'm a veteran. And I broke down and I ran out of gas. My kids are in the car. And they want help to get somewhere else. I don't know we're not supposed to judge people by appearances. But how many of you guys have seen an increase in manipulation and deceiving spirits in our generation. So if it's happening in the world, could you imagine when someone shows up and says, well, I'm Jesus. I'm the third Jesus. This is the gospel. Oh, but the gospel and this. So you have to be able to distinguish the real spirit, the real word, the real letter, because the Bible says that he will come with deceiving spirits if the first century church was presented a letter or a word or a prophecy. They took it to the apostles' word and says, let us find it. Let us see it. Does it match up with the gospel that we received? Or is it the gospel and a little bit of this or a little bit of that? Is it the gospel of Jesus Christ and something else? Because it's got to be the pure gospel of Jesus Christ or it's not the gospel at all. So I don't know how the, the enemy has been deceiving you. But let me tell you something. He'll start speaking to you. Did God really say? Eve was listening to him. Eve was listening to him and he was listening to her. Encouraging her. Oh, did God really say this? Trust and believe. You're going to be okay. She should have grabbed that serpent by its neck and sliced off its head and said, don't speak to me. Huh? Don't speak to me. You know, I was reading the Bible. The Bible says that these are the kind of men who worm their way into women that are easily beguiled. Silly women. There you go. Silly men. Huh? Silly men. She read my, my notes. Silly women in the church. Silly men in the church. In, jo in Joshua chapter 9, the Bible says in the King James Version that they that they came and spoke to them willily. In other words, setting up a trap for them. These guys ain't going to see it. We can dupe them. You know what that word willily means in the King James translations? By stratagem with insidious art. Insidious art. The, the, the devil is very artful when he comes to deceive you. He's very artful. He's a master manipulator. He's been around longer than you and I. He's been around since the Garden of Eden. And if Adam and Eve were duped, we are so primed to be duped and be led astray. The Bible says there's coming a falling away. And the Bible says that those who are in the church will fall away first. We don't got to worry about the world falling away. 
It is the church that we ought to be worried about. So here's these people, they show up. Well, here's our old bread. Here's our old wineskins. This is what I put in my notes. I ain't want no old wine. <laughs> How many of you guys know you can't put new wine into old wineskins? You can't put new wine in old wineskins. So here comes this guy offering you old wineskins, says, Brother, I've had that back somewhere else. Take your old wine and take your old provisions because God didn't send you. <laughs> God didn't send you. And so I love it this morning that Jesus Christ told his disciples, I want you to go into the upper room. He says, and I want you to tarry there. Until I come. He says, you're going to go into there. He says, and wait for it. Wait for it. And how many of us, you know, we get impatient waiting. We wonder, when is God going to speak to me? I need a word. Speak to me now. I need a prophecy. Prophesy to me now. Wait for it. Why don't you sit in the church for a little bit and then God will give you a word. Send me, bless me, send me out. Why don't you submit yourself and then God will do something in your life. Going around, you know, God's people are not like, you know, these, these faucet where you could just come say, give me a word, give me a word, give me a word. Why don't you listen and wait on the Lord God? Inquire of the Lord. They didn't inquire of the Lord so they got deceived. They didn't inquire of the Lord, so now they got to put up with these people that were sent from a very far country, and they were only acting to deceive God's people. Notice, and I'm going to close with this, in Isaiah 30, verse 18, he says, Therefore the Lord will wait Notice that he will be gracious to you and therefore he will be exalted that he may have mercy on you. Notice that. Notice that God is waiting to be gracious for us. But how many of us, we just can't wait. We got to have it now. We got to see a miracle now. In verse 21 he says, Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or to the left. Notice that if you're not hearing from God, if you can't distinguish the word of God and the words of Jesus Christ, you're going to be listening to other spirits. You're going to be listening to other words. You're going to be listening to other letters. In returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. Notice that we, you know, today's generation, it's got to be loud, it's got to be, it's got to be up, it's got to be banging. How many of you guys ever heard that word? It's got to be banging. No, in quietness and rest, he says, shall be your strength. Some days you just got to, you know, I did it this weekend, as a matter of fact, yesterday. Got my cell phone, turned it off, and just went and just spent time with my family and turned it off. When's the last time you just turned off your phone and left it off for 72 hours or 24 hours and say, Lord God, I don't want to 
read another Facebook message. I don't want to read another Instagram post. I don't care about anybody out there. I want to hear from you. It's in quietness and rest. He will speak to you. Oh boy, how we need to hear from God in this generation. This generation is so easily being duped that this is free. You can have this. You can have that. But let me tell you something. Nothing that God has blessed us will come without a price. And he says this, Woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel. And that's what we're talking about, but not of me. And who devise plans, but not of my spirit. That they may add sin to sin, who walk to go down to Egypt, and you have not asked my advice. Have we asked God's advice? Have we asked God's advice? Should I get into this business deal? Should I give to this person? Should I help this person out? Should I get into this contract? Should I hire this one? Therefore the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you. Therefore he will be exalted. That he may have mercy. Some of us need to stop working and allow God to work. You guys ever heard that quote, when we stop working, God works? When we work, God says, you want to believe every spirit and believe every, every word out there? How many of you know that we need to be guided by God's spirit? We're not perfect people. I get angry. <laughs> I get upset. How many of you guys ever always walking in the spirit? Always walking in goodness and peace and trust. But you got to be asking God, give me a discerning spirit. Give me a discerning spirit. Do I need to be dealing with this right now? Do I need to be investing in this right now? Or do I just need to walk away from it and say, God, help me find a Gibeonite. Keep me away from the Gibeonites. The Gibeonites who come to deceive God's people. The Gibeonites that come to distract God's work. The Gibeonites that come saying, look at us, you're blessed people, we have a need, and you're the one that's going to help me. But yet they were using trickery, they were using art and deception. And God says, if I'm your shepherd, listen to me, hear my voice, and distinguish the split tongue from the true tongue. The Bible says that in the last days, on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says as they, they were all assembled. The Bible says that clung, cloven tongues set on each one of them. And let me tell you something, the tongue of fire, the cloven tongue was not a two-edged tongue. It wasn't a split tongue. It was a tongue baptized on fire. It was a tongue full of faith. It was a tongue full of power. It was a tongue full of boldness. They spoke the truth. They saw deception. They saw a lie and they spoke it out. It's time for God's people to be endued with power from on high. It's time for us to hear a voice, to hear a sound. Listen for the voice. The Spirit is speaking. 
to those who will hear. I don't want to hear a deceiving spirit. I'm not going to entertain a deceiving spirit, a dividing spirit. I'm not going to entertain a split tongue. How many of you guys want to hear from Jesus Christ? I will not be deceived. I will not be destroyed. I have enemies. You have enemies. But the real enemy is the real one that wants to come and split you apart with the split tongue. 